the Florida Panthers have made some changes to their coaching staff. We're going to talk about the rankings of the Panthers center depth across the NHL and a possible trade, whether it makes sense for the Panthers to make. And we're going to talk about reverse retro jerseys, what the Panther, what we could see the Panthers doing and what we would like for them to do. And we're also going to be talking about the life of Ben Stelter, Oilers super fan, all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Friday, August 12th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Still Road, and we'll be covering all the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, uh, there's been a little bit of activity now with the Florida Panthers and their uh, coaching staff. Uh, there's actually been five changes uh, to the coaching staff and some extensions along with it. But we're and we're going to talk about that all with uh, my my guest today on today's show. It happens to be a Friday. So that means it's another edition of Fairbanks Friday here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Nick, welcome back to the show. Welcome back, indeed, uh, Armando. Thank you for having me on again. And I uh, can't wait to get this episode started. Absolutely, man. So let's let's start off with the uh, with some of the coaches that have been here uh, in in the most recent years on what on their statuses of uh, on the Florida Panthers coaching staff. So it's we these are kind of things that we this one we kind of knew that was going to happen based on him being in development camp. Rob Tallis, um, of course, there was never. Uh, there was never word about him being let go by the, by Bill Zito and company. And of course he was there at development camp just recently. And now uh, was announced that he is officially going to be back with the Florida Panthers. And another signing that happened with a, with a coach that has been with this organization is Jordy Kinnear, who has a three-year contract extension with the Florida Panthers. He's been with the organization since since the 2017-2018 season when they were in Springfield. So a successful season for the Charlotte Checkers, getting a first-round bye and winning a playoff series before eventually uh, getting swept. Well, as when they were part of the Char- Charlotte Checkers, losing to their former affiliate in the Springfield Thunderbirds. How fitting is that? But, hey, a three-year extension for uh, Jordy Kinnear. Rob Tallis is back. It's been with the organization since 2009, Rob Tallis. So... So a little bit of uh, familiar uh, faces with the, with the Florida Panthers who are sticking around. Your thoughts on those, on those signings? Um, I didn't think that Robbie Tallis was going to be going anywhere. Um, his name was never really brought up in speculation if he was going to be going anywhere, if he was going to be on the chopping block. Um, 
you know, I, I can't say, you know, um, you know, what, what he's been able to, I guess, um, you know, not provide or show. I mean, I think he worked well with Bob last year. He's worked with Luongo. Uh, he, you know, when he came in, he was working for, um, you know, Vokun, Craig Anderson, um, Florida's been blessed with a lot of great goaltending and a lot of great goaltenders over the years. And, um, you know, I have to think that maybe Robbie Dallas does have, um, you know, some say into that. Um, I'm actually just interested in see what he's going to be doing with Spencer Knight because he is going to be the future. And it's going to be very interesting to see, um, you know, what he thinks about, you know, giving maybe Knight some more games or uh, trying to give him uh, some more time, maybe in AHL uh, to develop his game. So he's not sitting night after night literally night after night but yeah um with and that kind of also relates to a recent signing with the florida panthers that they just announced just a few days ago with uh andrew hammond aka the hamburglar uh signed a pto with the florida panthers and i think of this more as ahl that more and you know andrew hammond has played uh 67 games in his nhl career some flashes here and there that, I mean, he, he has the nickname for a reason, of course, some injury um, injury luck hasn't been in his favor as well. And, you know, Rob, Rob Tallis also has a say in, in that as well. I don't see many starts for Andrew Hammond if he does in fact make the team after that PTO, but Hey, that could be, this could be another situation for the Panthers this year, of course, taking advantage of Spencer Knight's ELC. And that the fact that if Spencer Knight does have a bit of a struggle, Hey, you still have that benefit of sending them down for a few games, just like last year. Definitely. And I think, um, you know, Andrew was able to be picked up by Montreal earlier in the season, last season, because uh, I know that Sam Montembeau, you know, Panther favorite down here, um, you know, had to, you know, sit, you know, a couple of games just because, you know, he either wasn't performing well or they just wanted to give him a break. But I think Hammond actually came in one game and actually stole a game for them. So, um, you know, that's, more than we could probably say about the other backup goaltenders that Florida had last year. Um, you know, not going to pin it all on him, but yeah, that was, that was atrocious to watch. Um, so it, it's all about making sure that there's a foundation there and that in case um, Bob or unfortunately Knight goes down for an extended period that you have somebody who's had games under his belt that can actually come in, step in and maybe uh, take some weight off of the team. Absolutely. And that's really what, what this signing tells me um, for, for, for the Panthers. Now let's get to some of the other signings as far as the assistance and um, the assistance. Um, one that was have that was rumored as of last month. We I spoke about it a little bit on the show, but there was no formal announcement from the team. So now the Flor Florida Panthers make it official. Jamie Compton, longtime assistant of Paul Maurice, who served under him from 2016 to 2012 in Winnipeg. That was um, official now, won two cups with Chicago and then uh, went uh, to the WHL for a few years as a head coach slash GM um, for the Portland Winterhawks, and then back to the NHL with Winnipeg, and now is continuing that relationship with Paul Maurice and carrying that on to Florida. Uh, this, one, uh, th this, one is, uh, this one is a little bit of a controversial uh, one for, for the Panthers. Uh, Sylvain's Lafray, um, who, was, <laughs> who has won, who... This name, if that if the hockey fans who are very familiar with this name of are if this name sounds very familiar to older hockey fans, he was on that Colorado Avalanche team in '96 
that defeated the Panthers in that in that same year, uh, defenseman for for the Colorado Avalanche, uh, has had ca- head coaching experience with the Hamilton Bulldogs when they were under Montreal. Montreal um, served there for six years, uh, was assistant with San Diego, um, the San Diego goals, and th- but never got to coach a single game as an assistant with Columbus due to the fact that he refused to get the COVID-19 vaccine and then Jarmo Kekalainen um, ha- let, it, let him go uh, due to that. So that's a little bit of a controversial signing as far as public perception of the Panthers. But this signing saying that they're bringing him along, don't know whether he does have the shot or not. But this this shows at least this that Bill Zito, Paul Maurice has had at least a conversation with them and looks like that really the conversation starts from the signing. And then, hey, it hopefully for us and hopefully for this fan base that this is not this at least the the vaccine part of it is is not going to be a distraction for the team. So one comment I will make about that, or actually I'll make two. Number one, it's the state of Florida. So let's be honest. I don't think that <laughs> the public's really going to care too much. Uh, let's be real. And then secondly, um, you know, we'll, we'll know. Yeah, we'll know as soon as the team travels up to Canada if uh, if he's decided to get vaccinated and everything because Canada still has strict policies that they won't allow anybody over the border unless you are vaccinated. So, um, you know. There's what players, um, you know, like Tyler Bertuzzi, who still refused and, um, you know, did not travel to Canada when uh, Detroit went up, uh, played Montreal and all those teams up there. Could have used them, but we'll see what happens this season. But um, I don't know too much about him, uh, you know, other than he did play in Colorado and that he did win a cup with them. Um, You know, we'll see what kind of defensive structure he's going to bring. You know, I I think that Paul Maurice already has something in in place. We'll see if, um, you know, the Fed can uh, actually um, bring the Panthers uh, to more of a uh, defensive style of play instead of, you know, run and gun, you know, like that they're used to. So it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. Mm. And the last one is uh, Miles Fee, who worked as a video video coach for four different teams, one year with the New York Rangers, seven years with the Edmonton Oilers, four years um, with the Charlotte Checkers when they're under Carolina, and then the most the last two years with Buffalo. And the thing that th- these three assistant coaches have in common is that they're, they're all defensemen as well. So Miles um, Fee uh, played in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League growing up, as well as Division Three hockey as well. So that's his, a little bit of his resume. So they all have a defensive presence that what they're bringing to the coach coaching staff. So I think Paul Maurice might be up to something in like what kind of structure he's going to change like you said running gun changing from what they were so you know there might be some growing pains towards the first maybe 10-ish games of the season but hey it's going to take some getting used to for for these players under this new coaching staff it is and um you know i I don't want to be the first person to say, but it kind of contradicts what he said uh, that he doesn't want to change the offensive style of the team and everything yet now we have three defensive style coaches coming in um the team just got bigger and tougher, um, which they needed to, let's be honest. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're really going to see how this team is going to be in October and November. Um, you know, it kind of has me wondering um, how long is it going to take for them to form to this new identity? And if it's going to be a marathon rather than a sprint that like, it seemed like it was all season last season. So um, hopefully they'll do what Tampa did last year is, you know, 
hey, you know, we'll win a lot of our games, but we don't need to win every single game. We can be rested and get ready for the playoffs and play the style that we want to play, um, which is going to be rough and tough. Mm-hmm. Hey, and it, it's uh, a lot of the, a lot of these sports leagues are copycat leagues, too. So the, the Panthers are taking pages out of um, out of other uh, teams books. That that's for sure. But mm-hmm. in the next segment, we're going to discuss some of uh, some center depth rankings uh, for the NHL. And we're going to talk about where do the Florida Panthers stand in the uh, compared to the rest of the NHL. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to the bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online, where the game starts. Second segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Ronda Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here on the show. So, Nick, uh, Travis Yost of TSN decided to rank some of the center depth for each team and puts them. That doesn't doesn't go one to thirty two, but goes through at least tiers of of centers in for for each team. And even even a few weeks ago, when I was making some lineup projections, mm-hmm. for me the easiest the easiest position for me to plug was center for the Panthers. Yep. So that so even before opening it, I. Th- I, I already knew that the, the Panthers were kind of going to be ranked either in the tier two or tier one. So Travis Yost gives the Panthers a, a tier one ranking, which is in that category elite. So they there's, and there's only three of them in, in, on the mm-hmm. list, Florida, Edmonton and Toronto. So those are the, so the, those are the three teams that are listed in, in this. So of course, Let's, of course, Barkoff, Bennett, Lundell, Etulustrena, Edmonton, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Ryan McLeod, Derek Ryan, Toronto, Matthews, Tavares, David Camp, Adam Gaudet. The only reason why Tampa Bay is not on that tier is because of the injury that's with Anthony Shirelli. He's going to be out four to six months. Um, mm-hmm. So he, so still, some elite company that the Florida Panthers find themselves in. And really, of course, it goes without being said when you could, when you can build the the centers, it, it helps the different parts of definitely of your lineup. And, it, and even if there's a weaker part of the lineup, even on the wings, the centers can really help drive, drive the play. And of course it's more than just winning faceoffs, of course. But if you, if you start there and you could have that as a foundation, there there's many different things that could help around the lineup. Definitely. And um, if you look at the tier one rankings that he put up, so, you know, as you said, it was Edmonton with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Um, That's probably going to be number one and number two centers for me. Like, I don't think 
you know, I love Alexander Barkov, but if uh, Connor McDavid ever became available and everything, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, you can't you can't say no to the top one and two. So yeah, that's definitely number one for me. And then I do honestly think that Alexander Barkov and Sam Bennett do beat out Austin Matthews and John Tavares uh, to the fact that I trust Sam Bennett more than I do John Tavares at their at this stage, um, mm-hmm. you know, in his career. Um, but then you start going down to forward three and forward four, and that's where you have to really start to wonder or decide, you know, what type of centerman do you need? Or, you know, do you need a grinder or do you need somebody who's going to be a defensive specialist or, you know, are you just throwing people together? Um, and I think Anton Lindell and E2, D2 or E2 Listerine and really solidified themselves last season, um, you know, as premier third and fourth line centers. Um, Anton came in right away um, and proved, provided exactly what this team needed, which was a stable third line um, and, you know, provided really good defense. And then you had Ichu Lewis-Dreinen who stepped up when it meant the most uh, with his play and it didn't matter who he played with. And I think right there uh, showed that he was consistent and that he could also provide uh, Florida with something to look forward to for the next year or two. And he definitely deserved that contract um, extension. But uh, one last thing, if I were to look between Edmonton and Toronto or with their third and fourth line centers, um, I think they're just carried by their top two lines. I would take Florida's bottom six centers over them any day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and l- listen, uh, John Tavares is also not the most popular Maple Leaf right now over the last few seasons, but apparently John Tavares as well. Uh, uh, reports are saying that he is at the healthiest that he's been in the last two in the last two seasons so ho, ho, for Maple Leaf fans they're of course hoping that those uh that 10 plus million dollar contract that he got uh in that free agent deal a few years ago that that is uh because you're, you're looking at three players who are taking up 30 million of the cap in Matthews Tavares and and Marner there so that that so with, with the with the oil with, excuse me the Maple Leafs they're, they're hoping that they get they get not only a healthy Tavares, but a more uh, productive uh, Tavares as well based on that contract. But yeah, Anton Lundell, especially the fact that he he came in and right away he was on special teams playing the penalty kill as well, especially on that top unit. Of course, Mm -hmm. of course, growing pains a little bit here and there in his first season in North America. Um, That's definitely a luxury for the Florida Panthers to have. And, you know, like, and of course, would have been in the Calder, Calder conversation had had he not missed uh, some games. So hey, a good situation uh, to be in for uh, Anton Lindell here in Florida. Uh, before before we transition over to uh, segment three, there um, we spoke a little bit about uh, we spoke a, a little bit on offline uh, earlier in the day, and Twitter was speaking about this um, as well about the injury to Robin Leonard um, to uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights that he will miss the the all of the 2022-23 season uh, after getting hip surgery uh, today. Um, and a lot of the talk was about trading Bobrovsky to the Vegas Golden Knights for some cap relief, even at 50%. Apparently with their uh, contract uh, contracts of Shea Weber on their books and of course Robin Leonard, now their total cap can go at least up to like 95 million, according to Cap Friendly. I added Bab- Bob's contract at 50% retained. It could work. It could work. It, it'll, it'll get Vegas up to 93 million 
um, in total cap. But of course, of course, the relief of Shea Weber and and Leonard will bring that down to 82.5. And as far as if a trade were to happen and who says no, I think if I think Vegas would be the one to say no because it could work this year. But what about what about after with Robin Leonard still having term on his contract? And this is assuming, assuming that Robin Leonard is going to come back and play. And that's a big if. So if Robin Leonard does come back in the 23-24 season, you cap strap yourself again. And they traded Max Pacioretty already to get rid of some of those cap issues. It, I, I just don't think it's a realistic trade. What 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 what's on what you, you have a look on your face, uh, Nick? So what what's what's on your mind when it comes to a possible uh, Bob trade to Vegas? Well, according to people, when I have you know thoughts percolating, I always have a look on my face. Um, so I'm going to come at it from a different angle. Number one, it just shows that Vegas is probably paying the piper right now for all the moves that they made and all the way that they treated players. Um, you know, you can bet that a lot of fans or maybe the management probably wanted to keep flurry around right now. Um, so you have that. Um, but the angle that I'm looking at right now is, you know, they need a goalie and they just brought in a coach to take them back to the playoffs. They have no NHL goaltenders on their roster as of right now. Everybody's either hurt or they have very limited experience. Um, so I could definitely see Vegas making a push or making a splash and getting Bobrovsky, but it won't be just between Vegas and Florida mm-hmm. um, look, looking at their depth chart, you know, of their team and everything. I don't think that they have a lot to give up. I mean, the only defenseman that, you know, and I'm going to say defenseman because that's what Florida needs right now is um, Shea Theodore. Um, that is the only one that's young enough that I think would help the Panthers core, but also has a cap hit that would help uh, alleviate uh, some of the cap hit that might hit Florida on the return. Um, and also, you know, it would help out Vegas in that, but at the same time, you know, maybe it helps out Vegas um, if Florida were to trade him to one team and then flip him over to Vegas and Vegas gives them a uh, draft pick and Florida gets a, a prospect and um, one of the defensemen from um, Vegas. So I can see it working like that. I mean, we're seeing more, th- you know, three team trades, um, you know, within the cap era. And we finally just saw our first sign in trade ever in NHL history with Matthew Tuchuk. So things are not. Uh, out of the realm of possibility, especially with Bill Zito at the helm. I just question how hard does Vegas want to come in and actually get a goaltender in because um, if they don't have somebody that is, has experience right now, I don't care who's coaching. I don't care who's on that team. I mean, Jack Eichel's on the team. Uh, they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to miss the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um that that's the that's the number one position that you need uh in order to succeed in the postseason and shea theodore if you were to do a 50 percent retained salary for the panthers the only difference that would be adding shea theodore two hundred thousand dollars for the panthers that is extremely doable if you were to Mm -hmm. make that and the term you would shed off a year of term as well while bob has four years left on his contract Shade Theodore has three as well. So, and of course, but I also think about it like this. Do GMs really want to help Vegas? I think Florida would be interested in, what do they call it? A dish, a, a, a dish best served cold. 
revenge. <laughs> um, because unfortunately, for whatever they wanted to do during the uh, expansion draft, uh, they definitely got the best of Florida. Uh, we're not going to rehash that whole story. So why not? Why, why does Florida not, you know, return the favor and be like, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a goaltender, but uh, we want this and this back. Maybe we get a first rounder back that uh, Zito oh. was so fond of, uh, you know, flipping. Yeah, uh, that that would be a dream. That would that would mm-hmm. be a dream. And of course, you have you have that as more ammunition to make a, a further trade into trade deadline or or even very well keep that pick and put that into the system and reboot the system just a little bit, even if it takes that or even or even trade that player as they're developing through if they stay in college or in junior, wherever they may be. So that that's a, still high. It's it's still a high asset for for mm-hmm. for for the Panthers if they were get because that look at the lack of leverage that the Vegas Golden Knights have have they traded a lot for Patrick but traded him for nothing same thing with Mark Andre Fleury to the, mm-hmm. to the Blackhawks zero like most of their trades have been zero leverage and it's been depleting their farm would they want to deplete their farm even further for a first round pick mm, I don't know. That that's a very that's a that's the million dollar question, or I guess in this sense, the ten million dollar question. If since we're talking about Bobrovsky <laughs> in, in in this uh situation, but <laughs> but yeah, well, the I I I don't foresee it happening. But hey, we if we if we if it does, we'll definitely discuss that more here on on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But in the third and final segment, we're gonna have we're gonna have a little bit of fun here. Uh, we're a lot of reverse retro jerseys have been leaked, but nothing in relation to the Florida Panthers as of yet. So we're going to take a few guesses on what could be the Jersey and also talk about what we want to see as a reverse retro Jersey. We're going to talk about that next here on the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Aranda Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the podcast. And Nick, like we spoke about last segment, a lot of uh, teams' reverse retros have been leaked. I'm First of all, I'm very glad they're bringing them back because I think it's such a cool marketing tool for the, for the league. And I think it's an opportunity for a lot of uh, – for, for you know a little bit of a different look on the ice of course two seasons ago we saw the reverse retro with the with with the blue in the middle with the leaping panther and um red on the outside um with the old uh sunshine with the hockey stick and palm tree uh what for 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 you for no, nothing no, nothing for the panthers have been released but what kind of <laughs> reverse retro jersey would you like to see so the original reverse jersey, uh, the one that came out two years ago, is actually my favorite jersey that I have right now. Um, I, I love wearing it, and it just to me, it, it it's a great combination of the new and the old uh, brought together. And I think Florida would be very smart to do that again. Um, this way, either with a red jersey, uh, make it a more of a home jersey. So go back to that that red that they had in the '90s and the 2000s. Get the uh, Panther leaping Panther again, but with the broken hockey stick. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I'm going to add a caveat to this because I was talking to um, a designer on Twitter. I think his name is uh, Jamie. I would like to see the red of the Panthers uh, from the 90s and 2000s on the new 
um, Panthers jersey that they have now, like their home jerseys now, that shade of red with the Leaping Panther with the broken stick on that that layout and then have the palm trees on the shoulder patches instead of the uh, state flag and the Panther uh, across it. So kind of like mixing both together. Mm-hmm. Mine would, mine would like to, the one I would like to see is broken stick leaping, leaping Panther, but either the white one for their away jerseys that they used to have, or mm-hmm. that old Panther Jersey that they have with just the Panther face in the middle. And it says Florida Panthers in the circle uh, in the, as the crest, but instead of the face with the, with the Panther, have the leaping Panther with those colors and have it on and have this, the palm tree and the, and the sun and the, and the sun on, on, on the sides as well. So a little bit of a different color, not, but mix in some of the different jersey combinations and just mash it all into one like a navy blue type of deal for 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 the or or sky blue um in in that situation so it makes it a little bit different but not exactly a carbon copy of what their old jerseys used to be so maybe that could be something and of course I think that we were talking about this pre-recording. I think that the Florida Panthers have their design, but it's just about finalizing uh, everything. And of course, I think the NHL is going to put an official announcement of all 32 right then and there. And we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to react to it. That's for sure. Yeah. We'll probably see it. Uh, I want to say probably closer to September when training camp comes around or even closer to the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, those things got to get approved. And then, you know, it, I, I have to tell you, it was the longest time to get mine, uh, the original jersey. Um, it I got it as a Christmas present, but it literally took them about, I think, from ordering it to getting it was two months. Oh, my so God. It, it took a while. Um, so I think the fact that they I think they want to get around to being able to manufacture these a lot better and a lot quicker so that they can get them into fans hands. Um I think that would probably be a good idea. And then the other part of it is um, I really like some of the other jerseys that have already been leaked. Like I like Vancouver's mm-hmm. a lot. I know I thought they were going to go back to, uh, you know, the skate that says Canucks under it, but I'm very okay with the design that they went with um, Tampa Bay. I feel like they're going for cringe and they're going for vintage. I don't like it. If if that's what they're going to go for, like with the lightning bolts on their arms and stuff like that, eh, you guys can keep it. So that might be one jersey I'm going to dislike. <laughs> there, there was one there. I, there was one by Edmonton. Um, I believe it was like it looked like a comet or something like that or some type of a meteor. Uh, I, I I don't know exactly w- what it looked like, but it was like purple ish. Um, yeah, that 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 I, I, I that one I really liked um, as, as a reverse retro. So. That that is uh that that's that's a cool one. I hope that when the Panthers play Edmonton, that that's the uniform because I I I don't watch every Edmonton Oilers game, of course, with the time that of course they start being on the East Coast. Um, so I hope that, that definitely that's a game that they that they wear uh, those jerseys. Uh, but I do want to finish on this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers on uh, this note, and for for especially for everyone listening and everyone who's uh who is a fan of hockey um so Edmonton Oilers uh super fan uh Ben Stelter if you don't know his story he was kind of like a good luck charm for the Edmonton Oilers um was diagnosed with brain cancer um and he was considered the Edmonton Oilers uh good luck charm um was 
was got to skate on the ice uh as part of like a pump pump up uh guy uh yelled uh play la bamba as like their victory song um as a few days ago um he has passed away at the age of six um due to that brain tumor and of course the hockey community and edmonton oilers community has been uh, sending their thoughts and prayers out to him. Of course, um, we we do here on Locked On uh, Panthers, and you know it, it's just no parent should have to go through this of having to you know their their kid died before before them. No parent should have to go through something like that. So very 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 sad and unfortunate of sto- um, story. But of course, Ben Stelter does leave a legacy behind as as someone who's an inspiration. And of course, I've just found this out today that the Edmonton Oilers donated a lot of their 50-50 raffle money towards the towards the kids kids with cancer foundation as well. So great gesture by the Edmonton Oilers organization on doing that and helping people kids um, in Ben's uh, situation on that. So any any words about the the Ben of uh, Ben Stelter passing at the age of six, uh, Nick? It's a it's a very tragic thing when a, a child dies, um, you know, especially due to uh, a disease such as cancer. And, um, you know, we, we can definitely say that he's probably resting easier. He doesn't have to feel pain anymore. And that's all we can ask for. Um, very sorry for his parents and his family. Um, we hope that their, you know, their days will be better and that they'll cherish the time that they did have with him because uh, he did make a big impact not only on them, but also on uh, hockey, uh, whether it was this year or even uh, late last year. Um, and I just want to give a shout out also to the league because they've been doing things like this for the last couple of years uh, with teams either, um, you know, trying to bring up a, a child who has, a, you know, um, an incurable disease or, you know, trying to bring awareness to different things, uh, you know, about what, you know, people are dealing with that we may not know about. So um, I hope the league continues that and continues to give people a platform to speak uh, about what they're going through and the trials and tribulations. And, um, you know, I hope that they can continue that. And, um, you know, I know here on lockdown Panthers that, you know, we send our best wishes to uh, him and his family and, um, you know, the hockey community will always be there for them. Absolutely. And I think that's a great place to end this show. So, um, w- once again, our thoughts and prayers are out to the Stelter family and we, we, he's definitely a person that will never be forgotten that's for sure but nick i want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the lockdown florida panthers podcast so tell everybody where they can follow you online uh first of all you guys can follow me on twitter at prudentia zero uh look forward to seeing you guys there to see uh what kind of crazy trade rumors we can come up with uh surrounding vegas i look forward to it mm-hmm. and then you guys can follow my work on uh, pantherparkway.com thank you as always nick and i'll see you next week Awesome. Thank you again. I'll see you next week. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden. We'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, Make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Sarmar Mondovlez with Nick Fairbanks. 
and you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. <laughs>